Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Breakfast Show, brought to you by the Pirate Rugby. My name is Hugh, and this is your 15-minute mini-podcast capturing all the news and results in the world of rugby union in between recordings of the main podcast, as well as Ender's vital rugby TV guide to set, uh, to set you up for your weekend's action ahead. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, which is growing all the time. You can find exclusive videos on there, which you won't find anywhere else, apart from on our TikTok, which is where you will also find them, which is also growing all the time. If you haven't already, please head over and give us a follow on there. We're really enjoying, well, sort of enjoying our experience on that new social media platform, new to us anyway. Right, there's tons and tons of news and midweek action this week. Uh, but before I get into that, I just want to say thank you for the response to uh, the main podcast with David Lawrence of Scrum of the Earth. Uh, shout out, David. I hope you're having a great Friday, sir. Um, yeah, uh, it, we've had really good uh, numbers on YouTube for that. So if you haven't caught it yet, please do. Uh, and we're really pleased with it. We're we're really getting a kick out of talking to as many different people from as far away as possible and getting a wide array of voices on the show as we can. Uh, it really matters to us to do that. And we think it, it's gone quite well so far in 2024. And we're only planning to go further and farther. Is that a saying? Anyway, right. Midweek rugby. And there was one midweek rugby match and it was in the Welsh Premiership, which is turning into one of my favourite leagues around the world. I'm really getting into it. And it was a repeat of last year's final between Cardiff and Llandovery. So Cardiff, obviously the capital city, and Llandovery was last year's champions and so far runaway leaders in the league. Uh, Cardiff were leading, surprisingly, uh, 19.7. So Cardiff's uh, team is depleted this year because all of the team, all of the players who would have been playing for Cardiff uh, RFC in the Welsh Premiership are now playing for Cardiff Rugby in the URC because of all the budget cuts. Um, so Cardiff are maybe less of a force than they were last year, but they were surprisingly leading 19 points to 7 on 20 minutes. But then things changed, and in the last 15 minutes of the first half, Flandubri ran in three tries to retake the lead. Um, and then another four tries after the break as well. So Flandubri uh, won the match, I think it was 54 points to 26 at Cardiff. It's a bit of a thumping, let's be real. Uh, Dovers are now 11 points clear at the Welsh Premiership with a game in hand. Cardiff are up into fourth, but have played a game more than the clubs around them. Uh, West is best, as they say, uh, and I'm sort of pulling for Dovers this year. Does that make me a glory hunter? Maybe, but I'm doing it anyway. Right, on to the news. There's loads of news, so bear with me while I go through all of this. Right, Tonga are looking for a new head coach. They tweeted on Twitter that they were looking for a new head coach. Uh, obviously, the coaching ticket that was with them at the last World Cup has now departed. 
and they're looking for applications. Uh, I don't know any rumours about who might be getting the job. I think Fiji is still looking for a new head coach, technically, unless I've missed that. Let me know. Tweet me at Hugh Griffin Rugby if I have missed that. Um, yeah, I don't think Tonga are playing a fixture until well into the summer. Um, so, interested to see who that gets, who they get. I hope they get someone interesting. Uh, more people moving around. Joe Marchant is apparently staying in Paris. So it was reported earlier in the week that he was going to Saracens, which would have been a hell of a signing for Saracens. And I think England are really missing Joe Marchant at the moment. I think he's a class player. Um, and his versatility to go between outside centre and the wing was uh, really working for Borthwick. And him being unavailable over in SF Paris has been a huge blow to them. But he has come out and said in the press, in French, that he ain't going anywhere and he's loving it in Paris. Now, this might just be the typical French thing, a bit, a bit like Racing 92 coming out and saying, we are signing Owen Farrell, and then they signed Owen Farrell. So this might be him going, I'm not going anywhere, and then it goes anywhere. Watch this space, is what I'm saying. Right, uh, who else? Cipriani. Danny Cipriani is officially retired from rugby. He wasn't playing so far this season, I don't believe, but he has now made the decision, nah, that's me. I have had enough. Um, he's obviously still quite active on Twitter. He's been doing lots of quite... Well, interesting, worth reading uh, posts on there lately. And yeah, thanks for the memories, Danny, and best of luck for the future. Uh, All Blacks have announced their schedules for the end of this year. So obviously they'll be playing the Rugby Championship and we know, I think they're hosting England in the summer tour, I think. That might be wrong, I'll check later. Um, but in the autumn, they are playing fin Fiji in San Diego. Actually, I think that's pronounced San Diego. And then they go on to play England again, possibly, uh, Ireland, France and Italy. So this is very much the All Blacks carrying on of making sure that they play the most test matches of any nation in the world. And that's why they're so much better than so many other people who played less test matches. It's science. So, yeah. Uh, going into some other news, uh, Champions Cup and Challenge Cup finals venues have been announced for 2025 and 2026. Uh in 2025 it will be in Cardiff both finals will be at the Principality Stadium that's cool I might go to those uh, and then in 2026 it will be in Bilbao in Spain so that's a cool move and kind of makes sense so it wasn't at this same venue but in 2016 I want to say um, the top 14 final was staged at Camp Nou Barcelona's uh, big stadium and 99,000 people were there to watch the top 14 final. Now, this is all in the north of France, for people who aren't familiar with the geography. Sorry, not north of France, north of Spain. Uh, Bilbao and Camp Nou were both in north of Spain, just over the border from French rugby clubs like Poe, etc. Um, so, I can imagine there'll be a lot of French fans there if a France French team gets to the final, which I wouldn't put it past them. So, looking forward to that. Uh, like uh, rugby being played in the north of Spain, I would still like to see... A game in Italy, in Rome, or somewhere like that, in Milan, maybe. Um, I think that would be interesting and different. Um, so, come on, uh, EPCR, let's do Italy. Uh, oh, more signing news, one that I missed, another Saracens one. Uh, Itoje is staying at Saris. Uh, not a big shock, there was rumours for a while of him also going to France, but now that Owen Farrell's gone to France, I think Saris have got a bit of extra money hanging around, and they can keep it OJ, and they have done. Speaking of money, right, okay, so this is a difficult subject, um, 
So I'm going to go, I'm going to read the facts and then I'll give my take on it because I do have a bit of extra knowledge on it. So uh, apparently four premiership teams, so Northampton Saints, uh, uh, Gloucester, Leicester Tigers and Newcastle Falcons are in talks with PIF, the Saudi Arabia Sovereign Wealth Fund, for uh, investment. Now, the story in the Telegraph suggested that it would be a minority investment, somewhere around 10%. Um, and I, there was a talk somewhere about if it's an investment under a certain limit, then no one can get involved and start asking questions. I don't know if that's true. That's just what people have been told, telling me. Um, so... Yeah, so this I was on the Attacking Scrum podcast, the Welsh Rugby podcast, a few months ago, and I chatted with the host then about is rugby going to um, start trying to sell itself to the Middle East because that's where all the money is and rugby needs money. And we concluded kind of why why would the Saudis or whoever get into rugby because it's not got enough eyes on it for them to do what they want to do, which is sports wash. Um so it kind of makes sense to me that the Saudis would be in discussions to sign, well, invest into multiple rugby clubs rather than just one. Because if you did just one, unless it was maybe less Tigers, who are on the list, to be fair, that's kind of not enough eyes, is it? But if you do four, three or four, then now you're talking, now you're starting to influence a bit more people. Um, Newcastle Falcons is obviously the link um, with... Uh, being in Newcastle, Newcastle United, or or the football team, are already owned by PIF. Now, I am a Newcastle United fan, and I have been my whole life, so I'll speak about this a little bit now from my experience. The way that the sports washing works is they come in, and they take over your club, and you can't do anything about it. As a fan, there's nothing you can do about it. You might say, oh, you can protest, you can do this and that. Newcastle fans protested about their previous owner for 15 years straight and nothing changed no, nobody cared um so yeah so i don't i don't necessarily think that fans protesting would achieve anything and as as a fan as much as you may object to the ownership of your club whether it's a football club or rugby club you can't support something in my experience you can't support something for the entirety of your life and then stop supporting it just one day just because the ownership changed some fans might be able to but a lot of fans will not be able to um and then yeah so the way that the sports washing works is that they come in and they don't do anything drastic they put a load of good vibes around the place because everyone's got a lot more money now and they start making all the right noises these are incredibly smart people and they know what to say to get people on side and then people start thinking oh they're not so bad actually you know they've been here a while no one's gone into trouble they haven't done anything outrageous but then they start taking their pound of flesh and your team starts playing friendlies in Saudi Arabia your change kit starts to resemble the Saudi Arabian home kit or the Saudi Arabian flag uh you go the team is going on hot weather training sessions to Saudi Arabia and shaking hands and meeting people and going to palaces and your club is putting out statements saying uh, with massive thanks to his excellency for his vision and drive in making this happen and that excellency is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. It's icky to say the least and if and when Newcastle United do achieve some major success there will be a taint on it for me of this only happened because we are owned by a state and that state is Saudi Arabia with all their human rights abuses. 
uh, I I would advise people, or I would ask people not if if and when this does happen. Now I should say the Northampton states have come out and den- denied that they are in direct contacts, but they say in their statement we are not directly talking to Saudi Arabia, which suggests that someone might be brokering this on behalf of the four clubs. I don't know that speculation. I, I would say that if and when this does happen. Uh, I would ask people not to direct their anger at the fans of these teams because, as I've just said, the fans of clubs that are bought by sports-watching entities have absolutely no power to stop it. And like I said, you might say you should boycott, you should leave the games. A lot of, Like I said, a lot of fans will not be able to just simply stop supporting. Um, and even if they did, it, it's doubtful, in my opinion, that if they did that it would have any major effect. So we'll we'll watch this space. I hope it doesn't happen. And I understand why people don't like it. Uh, but it will not be the first and it will not be the last thing that the PIF get their teeth into. They've obviously done golf. They've got major investments in Disney in lots of other companies as well. Yeah, this is, unfortunately, this is the way the world is going. And in the UK, when you've got government who are dependent on private individuals and external money coming in so that they don't have to invest and make things work themselves. This is what happens. So yeah. Anyway, bit of a serious note um, to finish the my section of the Friday breakfast show um, on. So apologies for that. I know it's been uh, really popular with some people recently. So I'm going to hand you over to my friend and colleague Endon now. Uh, before I do that, I just want to remind you to give us a follow on Twitter so you never miss a piece of content that we drop. Uh, and you can message us or email us or leave a comment below any of our pro- contents asking us a question and we will answer it on the show. Thank you so much and I hope everybody enjoys the Six Nations this weekend. Cheers. Right then, let's run through the broadcast and kickoff guide for the weekend. Starting with Friday night's action. The opening round of the under-20 Six Nations kicks off at 6.45 as Wales host England. In Ireland, the game is live only on the RTE player. In the UK, there's linear coverage on S4C and online on the BBC iPlayer. Next up in the under-20 Six Nations is Italy versus England at 7.15. In Ireland, the game is only available online on the Virgin Media player. In the UK, it's live on the BBC iPlayer and website. Then at 8pm, in the opening game of the Men's Six Nations, we have France hosting Ireland. The game is live on Virgin Media 1 and ITV 1. Moving to Saturday, there's a full day of rugby starting at 12.15 as the Netherlands host Spain in the opening game of the Rugby Europe Championship. And it's been shown for free on Rugby Europe TV as are all games in this year's championship. At 12.30, there's Celtic Challenge action as Edinburgh hosts Clovers live on Rugby Plus TV and iPlayer. The top 14 continues this weekend and there's live coverage of Perpignan versus Racing 92 at 2 p.m. on via Play 2. Unfortunately, there's no live coverage in the Republic of Ireland. Then we're back to Six Nations action at 2.15 as Italy hosts England. The game is live on ITV1 and Virgin Media 1. There are two Celtic Challenge games kicking off at 2.30 as the Wolfhounds host Gwalea Lightning and Brighton Thunder play Glasgow. Both games are live on Rugby Pass TV. In the top 14, 
Protec on cast at 4 p.m. and it's live on Five Play Sports 2, but there's no live coverage in the Republic. At 4.45, the Six Nations continues as Wales hosts Scotland at the Principality Stadium and it's live on RTE2, BBC One and S4C. At 5 p.m., URC Champions Munster host Super Rugby Champions Crusaders at a sold-out Porky Cueve. The game is available live on TG Cahar and TG Cahar Online worldwide, apart from New Zealand. At 7 p.m. in the Rugby Europe Championship, Belgium play Portugal. And then at 8 p.m. in the top 14, Toulouse play Bayonne. The game is live on Premier Sports 2 in Ireland and on Viaplay Online only. Finally, on Saturday in the Under-20 Six Nations, France host Ireland at 8.05, live on Virgin Media 2 and the BBC iPlayer. Moving to Sunday, Germany host Georgia at 2pm and at 3pm there is PWR action as Harlequins Women play Sale Women and it's live on TNT Sports 1. At 7.15 there is more Rugby Europe Championship action as Poland play Romania. Then the last game of the weekend is between Toulon and Bordeaux in the top 14. Kickoff is at 8.05 and it's live on Fireplay Sports 2 and Premier Sports 2. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Sports Social Podcast Network.